This is episode 544 of the Eventing Radio Show brought to you by Eventing Writers Association of North America. This week we have Jane Murray, Christina Henriksen, and Chris Bernard. This is Max Corcoran in beautiful, sunny, breezy, gorgeous, perfect Ocala, Florida. And this is Joe in the same place, but today I'm in the depths of my tack room, Max. <laughs> Keep it and you're listening to the, the Eventing Radio Show. Max, how are you today? I'm good, Joe. How about yourself? Oh, I am fantastic, actually. I'm really good. Um, it is, as you say, it's one of those beautiful, little bit breezy, no clouds in the sky, again, days in sunny Florida, and we are just loving it here yep. at the moment. It has just been fantastic. Sometimes there's been a few years when it can get a bit hot and steamy at this time of the year, but yeah. it's actually just... It's no just, humidity. Real, yeah, real no, dry. I know. Yeah. It's just temp- temperate and very, very nice. Yeah. Perfect. So, Perfect for the Ocala horse trials this weekend. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. There's um, a lot of horses, like 500 and some odd horses this weekend. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. I know. And actually, interestingly, Red Hills was one of the the go-home weekends for a lot of the northerners, wasn't it, traditionally, Max? Yeah. It's it sort of some of, the, some of the people that maybe are in Louisiana and Texas carry on to go home. And then yeah. I feel like Carolina is another go-home way, you know, and, and then yeah. the, peop- the rest of us that are wicked smart, we just stay here yeah yeah <laughs> well actually well i was uh, speaking of wicked smart i don't know if he's really wicked smart but your other half scott um and before we start talking about the eventing pre-invitational we were chatting at the eventing pre-invitational um party and he said you must stay below the florida georgia line from october through till april and the only reason to go above the Florida-Georgia line is to go to the Kentucky horse trials. And the other only reason to um, go above the Florida-Georgia line is probably to um, go to the Poplar horse trials, which I will do once they start getting them back up and running again, Max. Yeah, yeah. I know that the people that have um, that are that have taken over um, are just trying to rebuild it slowly and not try to bite off more than they can chew, which is really great. And they're they're just trying to make it a little bit better each time. Yeah. 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 So Max, it was a great day at the eventing pre-international, wasn't it? Uh, it was good fun. It was, it's always a good, uh, it's always a good day there, even though the weather was cold and I panicked. I had endless nights of sleepless nights um, because I was worried about the rain. There's rain forecasted for the day, but in the end the sun came out and it was, uh, it was a great day and the track was big and it was awesome. And Chris Bernard did his first time ever even being there. He'd never even been there before. Um, first really? time designing and, uh, there Mark Donovan, um, just got too busy. He's got his own event that he runs over the weekend at the Carolina horse park. So unfortunately he did not come down, but, um, Chris did a great job and God, we had a good time. It was good. And it, I always get amazed because I look at the course and I think, Ooh, this is big. This is hard. This is a lot. And people ride they really step up and they really pay attention and they really ride so well. And it's awesome to watch. Yes, they do. Yeah. And it was, it was tall this year. Um, yes. But, um, but it was an awesome class. Yeah. And it was good. 
And um, Team Unstable didn't win, but you guys came in. We did. We we didn't win, but we did come in second, and we actually did pretty well considering I was on a horse that had only ridden a few times and he had been training really well during the week but it just didn't all quite come together on the day bobby went amazing on for and on um fortuna um and sharon made her sarah made her comeback from she hasn't competed since she broke her back in august so that was a big big day for her that was a a big day for her so that was great too yeah Yeah. so uh, yeah and sharon obviously was you know, your, your staple, she was your, your backbone, wasn't she? I know she was. Yeah. So that was great. So we get a check for that, don't we, Max? Yes, you do. Yeah. 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 Okay. $2,000 to, to the second place team. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Well, you better, you better tell the listeners who won. The Max. winners were the blacklist team, which, um, uh, <laughs> <That's> I, <laughs> pretty, you know, why, why, don't you, why don't you tell the listeners what that's all about? Well, they, they are um, uh, riders that have been on the high-performance training list, and this year they were not put on the high-performance training list, so they preferred to call themselves the Blacklist. Blacklist. Um, so, but um, actually, they all had a, a great day. Will Coleman rode a beautiful round and um, was the uh, team winner and individual winner. Matt Brown made the effort to come down from Aiken. And he and he and Leslie Law finished on the exact – the guy that was doing our scoring, Bill – um, Worthington, who did our scoreboard and did the scoring, he was fantastic. Um, he his system goes to the one thousandth one thousandth of a second, even though we'd only showed two placings on the on the scoreboard, and they came in on the exact same time. Wow! So we couldn't even break the tie within the thousandths. It was right there. So um, they um, uh, they were fourth uh, was uh, sorry third was Matt Brown and Leslie Law, which was great to see Leslie's young horse out there and Jenny Brannigan. Um, great to have her back at the show, uh, and she was second with Ibella, and that was fun. So the blacklist team was was um, Will Coleman and Lauren Kiefer and Buck Davidson and Matt Brown. So. Um, yeah, it was a great day. Uh, fantastic after party, unbelievable food. You guys way outdid yourselves. That was ridiculous. That was delicious. (laughs) Teresa was fantastic. She made sure we had enough eggplant Parmesan for all the vegetarians and everybody else seemed to highly enjoy it. And the party went off and we all had a large time and the cleanup the next day was really tragic, but worth it. (laughs) All the dogs enjoyed a little bit of extra pork. But we uh, <laughs> we did have it was a great diet. It was great, and you guys were awesome to cook. That food is so incredible. Thank God, I think it kept everybody going for a bit. And the band played, and Clayton sang, and people danced. It was funny. The tent came down, and the caterers came and took everything away. And um, you can see exactly where the bar was and where everybody's feet were. You can see exactly where the band is was and where everybody was dancing. Um, <laughs> there's yeah. these sort of brown spatches, but um, no, the show was great. It was a it was a good day. Everybody wrote great. The sponsors were awesome. It was it was great. Yeah, no, it was it was a fantastic fantastic day, Max. So last weekend we had Red Hills, um, which is one of the sort of bigger horse trials of our spring season, which was pretty awesome. Um, the first, and, I think the uh, first FEI competition of the year, isn't it? I think it probably is, Max, yeah. So, um, of course, it was a wee bit switched up from last year. It went um, an opposite direction, um, which was um, was interesting. We had to show jump on the last day, which for me is a bit of a bore, but 
I mean, you just got to get it done. And actually, probably it wasn't a bad thing because, well, look, I mean, you know, but it probably wasn't a bad thing because, like, my my show jumping wasn't that fantastic at Red Hills this weekend. So um, it's given me something to think about because um, jumping them on the last day, they are slightly different, aren't they? You know, than yeah, than when you bring them out and, and on the first day. Right. So that was good. But no, Red Hills was a, a fantastic competition. Um, courses were great. Uh, really enjoyed them. Um, and um, some new rules, which is hard to get my head around, the sort of flag rules and things and elevens and bits and pieces. I still don't really understand it. I think I have to get Bruce Haskell to come on the show and tell everybody what the story Not is. Because, yeah. Yeah. Just, um, because, you know, we, I, I sort of took out a flag on Johnny. I sort of, you know, I was well within it, I thought, you know, but um, <laughs> the flag went down and first I was given a clear and then I was given an 11 and then it was like, you know, it was, it, I think it was something to do with the old 50, which we don't have anymore. But oh, we, right. anyway, um, I don't know if you know it, Max, so I'm, I'm going to figure it out and I'll yeah, tell all this, yeah. what, So if it depends what on which side of the flag or did your what, foot yeah. hit it or did it not hit it or did it go on this side or that side? There's a whole bunch of... Yeah. yeah, we gotta we'll get Bruce back on again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. nut nut all that flag stuff out. Exactly. Is, um, but um, yeah, and a few frangible pins went down, um, and that's in another eleven as well. But um, you know, so but yeah. that's but you can't argue it this year. Apparently, you're not allowed right. to sort of go and say, oh well, oh. you know, that oh. shouldn't have, that shouldn't have come down. No, no, friend. Once once it's knocked down, it's knocked down. Apparently, you yeah. can't go up and say anything, which I'm not quite sure I agree with, Right. Um, especially as um, it was the triple bar, one of the triple bars into the water and, and me personally, I don't think that that should even be franged. Um, horses do lean on fences and rub themselves when they jump down into water, let's face it. you know. Right, and we, do, right. we teach them to do that and I don't want to teach my horses to jump in super careful so and super big, clean. Yeah. And, yeah. And be all airy fairy because the next thing you know, you're going to flip over frontwards. Well, so, and, and also, too, know. a lot of times as you go up the levels, you have a related distance and you can't have them landing so flat footed, you can't get to that next distance. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, we live and learn, don't we? Apparently, yeah. they were, said they were going to change the triple bar from advanced to a log next year, which would uh, solve, solve the problem, you, you know, go. which, anyway. So, yeah, yeah, just other other yeah. things to think about. But um, speaking of the, the Mardanza show and Chris Barnard, you've got um, – well, actually, we haven't even been over that yet. We had the amateur yeah. the amateur championships yesterday at um, Mardanza, which was the culmination of um, the schooling shows that have been going on here once a week, once at, one at Mardanza, one at um, Clayton Fredericks's um, property, um, Fredericks. Frederick's Equestrian, and one over at um, Notting Hill Stables, and that is where Justine Dutton and Chris Barnard actually live. And it's been um, it's been a, a schooling show series, and if you go in a couple of the schooling shows, I think it's two or three, uh, you get to qualify to go to this um, um, show that was on yesterday, and it was a, I think it was a ninety-five, a one hundred and five, and a one hundred and fifteen max. I'm not quite yes. sure you. Were yep, there. you exactly um, right. And each each farm sponsored one of them, and got yep. their got their sponsors to sponsor uh, prizes um, yep. in kind. And and I'll tell you, the people that came, they they walked away with some good yeah. stuff, and yeah. they did a great job. They had a big scoreboard up, and they had some tents up, and they had 
um, you know, little trade fair and the weather was beautiful and they, they did such a great job. It was, they, the, it was unfortunately not very highly attended, but the people that attended, yeah, I think I'm pretty happy I'm, they did. Well, I mean, you know, one of my students won was second in one class and, and she won the 115 and she has a new pair of Alberto Fasciani boots and, oh, and wow. a jacket, um, a large check and yeah. a whole lot of stuff. Um, because, you know, and so, um, her mother rang me last night, uh, absolutely over the moon about it. But yeah, I would say, I think next year it just needs to be a little bit more publicized. Um, the amateur people have just got to get behind it a little bit more and realize that, you know, like it's not a, a huge entry fee, but they can really get right. away with some awesome and, and I also you think know? the professionals need to help. I mean, that's a, it's a lot of effort and it's something that the professionals need to help support it as well and, and get yeah. their people excited yeah, yeah. about doing yeah. it. So I think it's just going to be a learning curve and an education level to get everybody yeah. back there again next year. Yeah. Well, let's hope they can keep the momentum because I know from the, the people that did win the prizes, they are just over the moon. Yeah, exactly. Um, about it. So, um, so that's fantastic. Yeah. But anyway, Max, we better get on with our show. Um, we um, have got three awesome guests to listen to. With us now is the organizer of the Carolina International and one of the board members of our ERA and as uh, as well as many other committees. Uh, welcome to the show, Jane Murray. Thank you, guys. So, Jane, um, we're you know we actually we had a, a conference call the other day with all of our board members um, from the ERA, which actually is is kind of a really cool group of people, isn't it? We've got such a diverse group. It really is a diverse group of of individuals, and what I think is so interesting about the leadership of ERA of NA is that. We not only have your traditional riders or trainers um, and maybe an official here or there, we have people who are adult amateurs who ride professionally, who are in the not-for-profit world and run things in those kinds of organizations. So it's a really super high-powered group of people who um, I do believe through the ERA of NA and its voice will absolutely influence the sport in the long run. And we're, we're quite lucky to have all of them on our side. Yeah, it's a really fun group of people to be a part of. Um, Jane, we've got something new this year that a lot of people aren't quite aware of yet. Um, we've got a really neat uh, new amateur program um, that is, um, you know, just to try to help get some more amateurs involved and to, to give back to them and to acknowledge their, um, you know, what, what they have done. So can you talk, talk us through that a little bit? Sure. Um, well, I think as pro it morphed, if you will, into the ERA of NA, the objective to behind that was to look at the entire sport, not just from a professional perspective, but really how do we involve and engage in listening to the voice of our grassroots community, which includes obviously many, many uh, amateurs, both adults and under 21 or young riders. So what we've done um, is, is continue to open up our membership, but to drive that membership, to build and implement programs that are really about the, the adult amateur and uh, as well as um, the juniors. The, the adult amateur award program is, is called the GEM Award, and it allows you to gain a pin, which is quite a beautiful Swarovski crystal, each at a different color, based on the level of qualifying uh, results you've had at competitions across um, your annual experience. So you go online and you absolutely just 
quickly sign up for the program, and as soon as you've received the number of qualifying results, which is either two or four, depending on how high a level you'll, you're, you're riding at and competing at, um, and then you receive your pin with the crystal and proudly wear it. Um, we've also continued to um, focus on the Prelim to Pro program, which is really beginning to get a team experience for some of our younger riders who are on, moving up the spectrum and up the competition levels. That program has been in place for several years and continues to now grow. So those are two areas of focus. And I, I would also say that as we think about opportunities that the ERA of NA brings to the adult amateur in the eventing world really is about um, providing access, opportunities, and benefits ultimately that um, are what amateurs are looking for. Do, do they need more training exposure? Do they need more coaching at a competition? Do they need more course walks? All of those kinds of things. And we, as Max remembers, we did talk a little bit of how do we bring the sports psychology angle into it going forward. So t tons of good ideas and super fun ideas to work with. And as someone who d competed um, for many, many years as an adult amateur, um, I wish I had these things. So it's really super. I know. Yeah. I mean, as a kid, it would have been to be able to be part of that and to, um, as a junior rider, to make friendships and build relationships and have the experience of being able to compete on a, on a team and to, um, you know, just to make that, that, uh, broaden your, your spectrum of the people that you know and compete with. Um, it's just a fantastic opportunity. Yes. Yep. It's exciting. Yeah, it is very exciting. And obviously, well, we can talk about the insurance all day long, but for the for any of the members, whether you're a professional, whether you're a rider, whether you're a you know, a farrier or or whatever, this this right. insurance program that we offer is it's incomparable to anything that anybody can find anywhere in the world. Exactly. I mean, it's a very hard type of program to buy into even off of your existing insurance. But um, we have a lot of people who do purchase the insurance, and it's turned out, sadly, in some ways, you don't want to see people get hurt, but it's turned out to be a wonderful benefit for the long run for people who are out of work for weeks and weeks. Yeah, I know Sarah Murphy, she sort of stands on a podium and talks about it all the time with her, what looked to be a very innocuous fall at, at Millbrook last year and, you know, sidelined her and heard she had this insurance and it, it saved them, you know, even with her insurance, it would have cost her so much out of pocket. Um, and having this insurance really uh, helped her and then helped her continue to be able to pay her bills throughout while she was literally laid up in a hospital bed. Right. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the insurance um, is... I mean, I've had personal experience with it, and and I have to say that, like, um, coming from uh, the UK, where we were um, under the National Health, and every time you broke a bone, you just went to hospital and got a bit of average health healthcare. Uh, it doesn't really work like that here in the United States. Um, you just, um, you've got to pay for it, and I had I was very naive, and I had no idea what it was going to cost, and so off I trotted to hospital with my broken pelvis, and oh, the right. uh, the broken pelvis. Um, it, my afternoon in the hospital cost twenty thousand um, dollars by the time everything was done, and if it wasn't for the insurance, um, I would have been fairly well stuffed. And also the fact that you know it took a long, long time for it, um, and so that the extra bit of money that we got from the insurance you know, after the thirty days was was fantastic. Um, right. So in a, in a, in a nutshell, this insurance is 
it's a catastrophe insurance, but um, it has a you know it has a five thousand dollar deductible. But in the scheme of things, when you need a helicopter, an ambulance, um, life support, um, be it in ICU, it, it's something that uh, for people like me, people like anybody in the horse industry, um, right. probably can't do without, you know. You can't do without it. And I think it's a very smart policy to have. It's, it's also, and we all know that $5,000 in a deductible when in some of these, even non-catastrophic policies, it's, it's eaten away up. You know, oh, is, by coughing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, when you yeah. think of the pre- annual premium of $393, which includes your membership, which you have to be a member of PRO to get, uh, uh, of uh, ERA, ERA. get the insurance, but you do have to um, admit that for a total of under $400 to have this baseline insurance, um, nevertheless, the opportunity to, to buy up for additional coverage. So. It's pretty, you can't find that anywhere. And I, I've been in the uh, employee benefits side of things for a long time, and um, it's, it's a challenge. So this is quite something. And so, um, Jane, coming up, obviously, we're going to talk a little bit more about Carolina International, but to continue with the ERA of NA, we will be having a meeting. There is a, an open house type of meeting for everybody to come and learn more about it And um, at Carolina International, if anybody, any of the listeners here might. Thursday at 5 p.m. at the Segme Competitors Lounge, and there'll be uh, obviously cocktails and uh, nibbly bits, and so people can can um, have a bite before the meeting starts. It is, uh, and we're quite excited because a lot of our board members are riding or will be in attendance, so we've got a lot of people uh, representing the leadership of ERA at that meeting. It is an open forum, and we really look to um, drive further membership through that, answer questions about the organization, and listen to, to input and comments. I mean, that feedback is critical to us. And then also we have a couple of housekeeping votes to do. But um, it should be, I don't know, a 45-minute meeting at the most, but one that we're, we're looking to share as much inform- information as to really seek out and listen to what, what our constituency has to say. Yeah. And, you know, for the people that don't know ERA um, and what exactly that that it does, but besides these programs and stuff, we're here to be the voice of the riders, whether you're a professional or an amateur, and to help uh, with, you know, answer questions and 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 deal with concerns and to be a pathway to um, get those concerns and questions answered to whatever federation, association, uh, organization it might be, we're, we're there to be that voice of, of every rider straight through. Exactly, exactly. And, and what's interesting is on that point, Max, that the cooperation we're experiencing between the USEA, the USEF, the FEI has been tremendous. And I think that balance and the sort of mutual understanding and value system has really helped and uh, we've seen that emulated in Europe with um, the ERA of the UK, and we're excited to begin to have that same sort of traction. But it's really, really great to see. Yeah, yeah. So, Jane, let, let's talk about um, about the the big elephant in the room coming up next week. You guys have you are the organizer of Carolina International, which is has become one of the uh, major competitions on the on the East Coast, or actually in the country, um, leading up. How are things looking for next week? Uh, things look great. Um, knock on wood, the weather forecast 
holds. You never know if they're going to be right on there or not, but <laughs> exactly. it's looking pretty, pretty rosy. No uh, snow for next week. No snow predicted. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And lots of sun. Yes. Um, so no, it's, 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 it's a little bit about of like building a village over three or four weeks as we bring in structures and tents and stabling and all that sort of thing. But no, it looks good. We have about 400 horses coming. We have um, a really exciting group of sponsors. We have our returning sponsors of, of the last five years, uh, as well as a diverse group of, of companies, uh, pharma, real estate, technology, um, and other products that um, are really new and different. And I think allow us more corporate sponsorship exposure, which is really what you want in the long run. Um, so we're excited about that. And um, we, each year we're trying to up the game. Uh, we've got um, enhanced um, experience for our owners and sponsors and patrons who come to enjoy the weekend. But also um, we have spent many, many months um, taking care of our ground. We, we've had challenges. We have a sandy soil base here, which isn't the easiest to work with. If it's dry, it's hard. If it's wet, it's too soft. So we've been doing a lot of experimentation with um, the kind of grass seed and the growth we've got here, what is going to hold off best. And, and I have to say thanks to our wonderful partner, Nobrook Farm, who does now does all of our grounds work. Um, it looks phenomenal. And we had great feedback last weekend at the Southern Pines Horse Trials where they actually had to run a very different track because we have roped off all of our three- and four-star tracks to make sure that no one sets foot on them. Um, so they look quite beautiful. So fingers crossed, Max, that the weather's good and everybody has a good and safe weekend. Yeah, I mean, you guys always put on such a class competition for the competitors, for the owners, for the grooms. I mean, I know I, I as a groom, I always love going there because it's you, you guys take such good care of us and... Um, and it's, uh, it's just a great competition. I mean, last year it did snow. I mean, I could have done without that. That would have been nice, but, um, it really is you guys, you know, you guys always have the competitor, um, uh, uh, tent there for everybody to come have a cup of coffee in the morning. And, um, it's just a great experience. And, and you guys do such a great job getting the entire community involved. I mean, it's fairly spread out area. So to get everybody there, um, is quite excellent. And you guys just, you work all year to, to get the whole community there and be a part of it. Right. And, and we're really lucky to have the volunteer corps here. This year we're sort of showcasing our volunteers throughout the park on the weekend as well as in our official competition program. And we have over 300 people who come on the weekend to volunteer. Um, and they're a really special group. They do this because, of their, because they're charitably inclined. They do it because they want to give back. Um, and we try very, very hard to acknowledge them and make sure that they feel that they are deeply appreciated. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're very, very lucky for that. But um, it, it comes back to your point about the experience here at the Carolina International in general. One of, you know, our real mantra is that we don't want anybody to go away feeling that they, they, that they wouldn't want to come back, that they've had a good experience regardless of the competition result, that, that this is a place that's important for them to be on track to, to return to. So, and that's true of owners and volunteers and, and riders and, and every, grooms, everyone involved. And I think keeping that at the forefront all the time and really understanding who our customers are has, has allowed us to continue to inch it up every year a little bit or to continue to improve on things that needed improving. Right. Uh, and I would, I would also point to our 
uh, for instance, our, we have a great partnership on, for a second year running with the USEA, who's working with EQ Sportsnet to allow very, very, um, I think it's a $5 access for the weekend to the live stream, um, and all you do is punch in a code, whether you're a, a member or you're a, a considering membership. So oh, okay. those kinds of things. And also, Max, we, we have J- Richard Jeffries and the USEA. Uh, That's right. Ed program coming along, too. I guess they're about 50 people. Wow. And, and when is that? That starts on uh, Thursday. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's a big... <laughs> yeah. Haven't you got some sort of little team competition going on there we as do. well? We also... Yeah, we have the, um, the USEF Futures Team Challenge, which is uh, two teams, one at the four-star level and one at the three-star level. And they are getting... They were selected based on, um, you know, I think long-term potential, obviously, but uh, a group of people who need a team experience and will get more exposure to that. So it's pretty exciting. That's cool. That is awesome. That'll be fun. It'll be a fun weekend. And so, um, yeah, that is great. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting up there. Yeah. I can't wait to have you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, excellent. Well, Jane, we're going to let you go because you've got, obviously, I know as being an organizer myself, probably people waiting to talk to you and return phone calls and texts and everything else from porta potties to ribbons to everything else in between. <laughs> <laughs> as Thank we all God know how it works. Deal with some of those things. That would not be my long suit. But you guys are <laughs> exactly. great to have me and, and to let us get more exposure to the ERA of NA as well as Carolina. So. Yes. Um, Carolina, Thursday, 5 p.m., SAG May 10th. Be there. Be there. Yes. Excellent. Thank you, Jane. Thanks so much. Bye, guys. The Eventing Writers Association of North America is the collective voice of writers, equine professionals, and owners in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in North America. In cooperation with our members, governing bodies, related committees, and organizers, ERA of NA works to improve the overall welfare, safety, visibility, and growth of the sport. ERA of NA, your voice matters for the sport of eventing. Jump in and engage by becoming a member today. Find them online at www.eraofna.com. Joining us now, we have Christina Henriksen um, from, where are you from, Christina? Oh, man, that's a long story, Joe. Um, I'm originally from the Midwest and then was out west in Colorado for a while and then I've been in England for the last almost four years. Wow. So what I wanted to do was um, get you on the show today and talk a little bit about um, your experiences in England and why you went there and what you did and and what why you've come home. So um, so what was the what, what made you go there in the first place? Um, well, my husband and I were both finished up with school. We, you know, we don't have kids yet and we're just at a point in our lives where we wanted to do something big. And, uh, Jeff, my husband is an investor and he went over for a conference at Oxford and loved it and came home and said, Hey, I'm going to apply for the executive MBA program. Um, if I get in, do you want, do you want to go to England? And I'm like, what kind of question is that to ask, you know, <laughs> a girl who's wanted to vent to the top levels her, her whole life? And uh, yeah, so he got in and <laughs> it was all a bit of a whirlwind, um, but we moved over and uh, yeah, it was a heck of an experience. Um, probably the best time of my life so far. So 
um, I took one horse that I had produced up to intermediate level with me and uh, kind of hit the ground there trying to get going. And um, yeah, it was a major learning curve, but being surrounded by many of the best riders in the world and watching them, you know, week in and week out on their young horses, their good horses, their up and coming horses. I mean, you just, you learn so, so much. Um, and it's, it's just such an incredible experience to be able to go over there and, and be based there with many of the best in the world. So who did you train with when you were there? So I was very fortunate to be able to work with Grant Wilson for the last couple of years in the show jumping. Um, he really helped me improve my accuracy, my lines, my technique. Um, and Blythe Tate is a master, <laughs> as we all know. And he was based, he was just up the road for me. So I spent a lot of time riding cross country and jumping with him as well. And, you know, he was a bit of a mentor for me as well with the, you know, the shows that I didn't know and the schedule, um, moving the horses up the levels, um, what to expect. Um, I also worked with Jay Hallam in the show jumping as well. Um, and Annabelle Scrimbler on the flat and Lucy Cartwright on the flat. Um, and it, you know, the, the thing about being, I was, I was in the Cotswold, so there were so many good people within an hour away. Um, it, it was almost a little overwhelming at first because I, I moved over there and I'm like, where do I, where do I go? Where do I start? Um, but, you know, the right people came into my life at the right time. And, yeah, I was just really, really fortunate to be able to have the opportunities and learn from many of the best in the sport. So... Tell us, you were telling me a story the other day about how um, you were out jumping somewhere, and and this is a situation that happens often there. Um, not, you know, well, can happen here, but you said that you know you were in the ring and there was Ludwig on one of his top horses and Dan on one of his other ones or something like that. Tell yeah. us about that. Uh, so actually, that was <laughs> that was the first time that I went to jump with Grant and. I didn't know. Grant's a New Zealander, by the way. Can you see the little theme coming along? <laughs> One yes. great jumping trainer, great another Kiwi trainer, great <laughs> Kiwi sitting in the little room here now talking to her. That's Sorry. No, I like Kiwis. What can I say? I, I, know. I, I get on great. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so that was actually the first time that I had ridden with Grant and I had – three young horses with me and two of them were quite feral. It was a really cold, windy, wet, awful day. Very typical day in England. Yeah, just a uh, really <laughs> shitty day in England. Just really crappy. Just normal. <laughs> probably, quite, probably quite all right. Yeah. We, we were lucky. One of those days that we wouldn't go outside, Max. We're in Florida. We'd call it a snow day. Yeah, we'd go, we'd go for breakfast and, and, and drink coffee and sort of do the bare minimum. Nobody yeah. wants to be with their rugs off on those days. No. No. No, no. No, but that that's just a normal day over there, and everyone just cracks on, and you go about your day, you ride all your horses, and, you know, and then you get to do it all again the next day in the same lovely weather. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so going back to my story, um, I didn't really know who Ludwig was. I, I didn't know Dan very well at the time either. Uh and I'm on two quite feral. One was a four-year-old. The one was a five-year-old. And with Grant, sometimes, you know, he just throws in with everybody. So I remember talking to Ludwig and I'm like, 
oh, you know, what, what's your horse done? He's like, oh, this is my, you know, this is my Olympic horse. And, you know, we're going to do some, some stuff this year. And, and then I later talked to Dan and, and he was on a three-star horse and he's like, what's your son? And I'm like, well, it's going to go out at novice this year, hopefully, because it's, you know, just coming six. And, um, and, you know, it was, it was just a really cool experience to be in a group of riders that had such a depth of knowledge and so much experience in the sport at the top levels and um and you know nobody cared that I was on young feral horses they're they're not young and feral anymore um and you know we just all they jumped a bit and then Grant would make that size a little bit easier a little bit smaller for my young ones and and that was kind of you know a lot of his sessions were that way everybody would fit in as they could with their schedule and it wasn't always about oh we just have a group of four-star horses we just have a group of three-star horses and I feel like in producing the young horses it it's such a great way to get them set up for success in the future because they're jumping angles they're jumping corners they're jumping skiddies at a small height but on similar lines to what the top level horses were doing as well and then by the time they're at those top levels they've been doing it for so long so yeah so jealous that sounds amazing except for the weather (laughs) weather doesn't sound so amazing but it's um, and it's also one of the things that's so you get so lucky about in England is that everybody is within a couple hour drive where here if you want to go train with you know somebody it's sometimes it's an eight hour drive or something where you have so many opportunities in such a small area over there, which is really kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, that, that was probably one of the biggest things is, and you can do so much more. I mean, the young horses, I feel like can really get a lot of experience and a lot of exposure. And, you know, if you want to go show jumping during the week, there's three, four, five venues within a two hour drive that are all running British show jumping you know, Tuesday through Saturday. So if you have horses competing on the weekend and, and you want to get a couple rounds in the following week, show jumping rounds, you just drive, you know, throw everybody in the lorry and, and go. Um, and the days and, aren't so long. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. And, it, and the prices are reasonable because there's so many places that where people are having the show jumping, practice show jumpings and all that kind of stuff too. Yeah. I think I don't want to rain on your parade ladies, but, I do remember nights in the dark waiting for my <laughs> to get a show jumping round in the well, freezing only it gets cold. Dark and snow on the ground outside. If it wasn't snow, it was mud. Well. And, and you couldn't warm up indoors. You had to warm up outdoors to go indoors. So you were outdoors all the time before you went indoors for your one round. Okay. Anyway, she's moved back now. Because you were so wet in the rain. And and how many times you have to get a new phone because it went straight through you and you were soaked. Anyway, but no, you're absolutely right. It is very, very close and and there's access to a lot of events. Um, Cost of competing horses is less. Uh, Cost of living compared to Florida much higher um <laughs> cost of sanity over the weather well it's just it's just a no-brainer but i mean i think down here at the moment uh, the the winter in florida we we pretty much emulate we're getting to that stage of what's going on there we have a lot of competitions there's a lot of opportunities to show jump you can do a lot with your young horses um, plus 
plus we have the weather, which is which is great. But yeah, like get into the rest of the year in America, and yeah, it, it becomes difficult, doesn't it? Because everybody sort of starts to spread off to their home territory, and you know when you said eight hours to train with someone, I was thinking of going up to train with Jimmy Wofford, and that's sixteen. So um, that's kind of <laughs> like oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, it makes it much much harder. But um, so you you done a, a stint in in England and it's been fantastic and you loved it very much um and you've decided to come home and there's been one or two reasons for that hasn't there uh yeah I mean you know we had entrepreneurial visas so we had three and a half years actually four years with the visas um but uh, yeah my experience over there was amazing it was not all smooth sailing it it's not an easy place to live by any means and I tried to be very positive about everything because I was very lucky to be there, but we definitely had a lot of bumps in the road. Um, and coming home, you know, it, it's been great to be back. Uh, it's been a little bit, I was there long enough that coming home, it's been a little bit of an adjustment. Um, yeah, well, that's what I wanted to, that's what I wanted to ask you about, you know, yeah, tell, tell yeah. us about that. Um, you know, I, I had built up an amazing team while I was over there of, you know, some of the top professionals in the industry, you know, like Christiana Oberworking, doing all my veterinary work for the last three years. Uh, Greg Elliott is my farrier, plus my coaches. I had an amazing head girl. And I had to leave all of that and start pretty much completely over because I moved to Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, and so I didn't really know anyone in Charlottesville. So it's been definitely, you know, having to build a team back up has been challenging having to find good help um good coaching all of that so you know it's definitely their challenges with that um i'm not complaining about the beautiful weather in florida at all this time of year so <laughs> that has been an easy adjustment um but yeah you know all, all of my horses that i brought back like you know even the first time we we went on a trip like they weren't used to an american trailer they weren't used to a head to a head they weren't used to being on the road for you know 15 hours coming down to Florida. And so it's been a lot of just small things that you know, take a while to just get going. And even Red Hills this weekend was our first run of the year. Um, the horses were incredible, but you know, having it be run like a proper three day, I, I haven't showed them from the third day in a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, it's just, it's been a, a lot of adjustments, but uh, we're, we're lucky here in America. We have, you know, the Florida circuit, which is incredible. And, um, our, our way of life here is, is good. So, yeah. you know, I've, coming back to that, it's not been a hardship. So. Yeah. No, I mean, it's different, isn't it? Yeah. It's just very different. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, lifestyle's different over there. The horse scene's different over there. Um, and it just, it just takes a while to get kind of ingrained and, and learn the system. So at least, you know, coming back to America, I knew the system. I knew way yeah. of life here. Yeah, well, when I arrived, I knew nothing of the system, really. <laughs> Luckily, I had a lovely wife to uh, to help me out and show me and stuff. And I remember going and winning my first class and said, where do I pick up the prize money? And she said, um, what do you mean? And started laughing at me. <laughs> I said, what? Yeah. well, what do you get? She said, well, you get glory. You get glory. <laughs> yeah. So glory in the prelim. And okay. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, no, it has, it has been different. So moving on, I mean, obviously you're going to be heading back up to Virginia in, um, in, in two or three weeks or whenever it is. And um, what have you got planned coming up? Uh, well, I'm running next at Carolina international. Um, I've got one horse, actually both of my 
best horses are in the open intermediate. Um, and then we'll head to um, Bear Hill and the gilding, the Cairdale Cachia horse will do the advance there. Um, and then the JTH Dust horse is going to do the CCI three star short. I still can't wrap my head around the new naming system. Um, and then we'll head to Jersey Fresh, probably do the, the Gilding will do this, hopefully do the CCI four star short there. The mayor will be in the CCI three star short. And then Bromont is the goal for the spring CCI uh, for both horses. So I'm, I've heard amazing things about Bromont and I'm really excited to, to hopefully make it up there. Mm. Bromont's fantastic. I love Bromont. Me too. It's so beautiful. I just oh. never get to go anymore. Uh, you've got to, yeah, that's right. Cause you've always got the, I know you've got that damn organizing off. thing. It just gets yeah. in the way. Eh. I know. I'm sorry about that, Max. We just I booked know. our house. Booked our yeah, house I know. Don't talk to me. I know. I know. The one with the hot tub, Max. I know. Yeah. <laughs> one, one mile from the, one mile from the, I don't hear you. La 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 la. I don't hear you. <laughs> the only problem with Bromont is the drive there. Um, yes. And my my Ruthie is already planning on how she's going to get out of it and fly again this year, <laughs> which is actually fine. I, honestly, it's it's absolutely fine because she's not a good traveler over a long distance. So um, so if she flies up and is all fresh, be, it's not a problem. I don't mind. I I quite like it. But uh, but once you get there, it's amazing and it's cool. And the ground is brilliant, and we've got horses earmarked for that as well. So, so yeah, no, that's going to be brilliant. Well, Christina, I'm going to say thank you very much for coming on the show, and um, and and welcome home. Um, when I first got here, everybody there was one of the things that I noticed was everybody was exceptionally friendly and very welcoming, which was which was just awesome. And good luck for the rest of your season, and we'll get you back on the show and a little bit. You can tell us how you've got on. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you so much, guys, for having me. And um, yeah, it's it's been it's great to be back. And every, like you said, when you came first came back, everyone's been really welcoming and lovely. And I have to say the same thing. People have been amazing. And um, yeah, I, especially in Charlottesville, I've been with Plain Dealing Group, and they have just been so welcoming. And Benita so and Lucia Strini, and they are fabulous, actually, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're really cool. the whole family is just so mm. lovely and, and welcoming and have made me feel, you know, just so much more settled um, in the whole process. So I feel very thankful for that. And, of course, being here with, with you and Ruthie, Joe, you guys have been great. So thank you for, for having You're me. very welcome. <laughs> Very welcome. All right. Well, thanks again, and we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thank you. Bye, guys. <laughs> Joining me now is show jumping course designer Chris Bernard. Chris, you have had a seriously busy couple of weeks. Um, welcome to the show, and uh, and I don't even know what to. You've you've just been crazy busy. Hi, Max. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, crazy, crazy busy. I think <laughs> I think I got four shows this week. So, uh, so that is uh, a busy winter for sure. But um, it's nice to have these Wednesday shows um, to uh, sort of get the community out and about and uh, do the big stuff on the weekend. So it's good. And so by the community shows, we're talking, we're here at Mardanza Farm right now, and they are having this awesome $15,000 um, class 
Uh, $5,000 for each level. One level is meter uh, 0.95. Next one's a meter five. Next one is a meter 15. And these are just for amateurs uh, or kids um, to be part of this, to get some prize money. And it's uh, it's a really cool thing that you guys are doing. Yeah, it started last year. Um, uh, Brian and Sarah Murphy and uh, Clayton and Lisa ran schooling shows every other week um, last winter. And this winter, Notting Hill, Justine and I... Um, joined into the rotation and we decided to do it every week and then sarah's um idea which is a great one um was to have basically they would be qualifiers and you had to ride in three classes in any of the shows and you qualified for this sort of championships at the end of the winter um and uh we would give away five thousand dollars per per section and i think the heights are um 95 105 and a meter 15 and uh we got all our sponsors and justine sponsors and clayton and Sarah sponsors to uh, donate a bunch of prizes and then we would also put um, a hand a bunch of cash in that people could take home and uh, it's been it's been a really popular series this winter um, and we're looking to expand expand on it next winter um, but I do all the courses for all three facilities so it gives everybody a good chance to uh, to practice over my courses that they'll see on the weekends at the events down here in Florida and and in air, mainly in area three in the winter yeah and so I mean it you know obviously Obviously, the show jumping, for some reason, for eventers, they're fine to go and gallop around these massive cross-country courses. But you put them in a show jumping, and the panic sets in, doesn't it, for these guys? And, I, and I, I've done it myself, and I panic too. But it really, for some reason, doesn't make sense mentally. But um, and then, but it is expensive to go to the go to hits and to go to these other shows um, to be able to practice and stuff like that. So this has been giving everybody such a good opportunity to get out, jump some different courses, go to different venues, get their young horses out, and do all that kind of stuff too absolutely it's a cost-effective way for everybody to get out and and see see uh, a bit biased but good courses um <laughs> nice show jumps which i sell um and uh and good footing you know like brian and sarah and and clayton and these have the beautiful wardley martin arenas and um we have a really nice grass field so the the the, the ability to jump on different footing, different courses, um, and practice over stuff that you'll see on the weekends. Um, but like I say, in a cost-effective way that, you know, you can bring a bunch of horses and it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg. Um, and it's midweek, so you're not taking up your weekends. It's a day before, a day in the week where it's, you know, not interfering with the eventing uh, events um, and probably a good day to show jump practice before you go on the weekend. Yeah, and it doesn't really take much out of the horses, too. You can get in and get out um, and uh, and still sort of have your day of, of, you know, professionals can come and bring their young ones or their older ones or if they're trying different bits or trying something different or new or whatever it is, there's just uh, lots of opportunity to sort of iron out the kinks and all that, too. Yeah, and, and, and even with that for the horse side and then for the course side, the practice, you know, jumping the triple bar to the vertical, which I love to build, or, you know, practicing the combinations, we, you know, we put triples in that the people can practice oxa vertical 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 oxa vertical all those sorts of stuff so i think just the, the ability to come out and just give it a give it a, a practice you know without too much pressure you know like and and also without sort of you know killing the bank account um is always a, a, a bonus um but and also you know the three facilities that we've got this year are are, are you know nice relaxing atmospheres and and like i said before good footing so um it just gives everybody a good day you know we play the music you know sort of you know you know the and we have fantastic weather too and we, and we have fantastic weather beautiful sunny florida I think it's 82 degrees and and mostly sunny today um but no we've been lucky this way this winter with the weather as well it's been it's been a super warm winter which which 
is why we're down here. <laughs> exactly. And uh, so I'm just going to give, you know, go back a week. Uh, you got to, you were the first time designing at the eventing pre-invitational. Uh, what was your experience like there? That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. I actually feel quite lucky to be down here. I got a chance to do it um, and uh, was actually really impressed with the way everybody show jumped. I, I sort of was talking to a couple of the riders and um, I think out of the 32 horses or 36 horses we jumped, I had 14 double clear, but I don't think it was the course because the course was easy. I think actually the, 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 the riders and the horses rode and jumped great. I mean, the Max, Max your facility is, is beautiful. The foot, Scott does an amazing job with the footing. Um, we have beautiful sponsor jumps, um, which was which was great. But I just thought it was a great opportunity for the upper level riders to get, and not everybody was on their first string horse. You know, they, they were able to bring out the second string, a legit meter 30, which is obviously the five star show jumping. And I, I sort of said to a couple of the riders, when you actually get a chance to focus on that one phase and not have to dash off and do cross country on your prelim horse or I've got to run and do a dressage test um, and, 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 and run the day like a Grand Prix show jumping track it's amazing when they focus how well they actually can show jump and I, I hope some of these riders can take that experience with the atmosphere, the sponsors tent, the, the big jumps, the Liverpools, all that sort of stuff to Kentucky if they're going and uh, and do a good job on the Sunday. That, I think that's the part of the point of doing doing you doing your show is, is to give the riders an horses a little bit more experience in the atmosphere um but but it's a it's a fun day again it was beautiful weather um it was actually quite chilly but it's the sun did come out it was sunny wasn't rainy and uh it was above 60 degrees so we'll take it um but um but again again a great thing for the community we have so many um good you know top professionals down here um with their with their clients for the winter so i think a nice showcase is, um like that uh for the for the event riders to have and sponsors to come to and clients to come watch um it was definitely a fun afternoon i hadn't been before so to, to sort of course design and experience the whole thing from from morning till late night was was a lot of fun, was a lot yeah, of fun. yeah to the late night <laughs> was definitely a good after party no the course was that course was super and because it is not the easiest ring to design in because it's a bit of an odd shape with a tree in the middle but um no that was a was a good day and um like you said it's like, that's sort of the whole purpose of it is to get those guys to uh have extra pressure i thought people rode fantastic i know when we set the course on monday night i was a little bit surprised i thought oh uh oh this is kind of big and then coming out the next day it looked better and people really stepped up to the occasion and rode really well and it was really fun to watch and um and and exciting for our sport and yeah, and I, I tried to give it a, a jumper feel. It's a jumper class, even though it's for event horses. But our courses are getting so much more jumpery in the event world that material-wise and and lines and technicality-wise, I really try to give it a jumper feel um, with the triple and the double, um, so that you know it's a legit test for everybody. And and also the riders can use it as a gauge of where their horses are in a like I said before in a big atmosphere and um, over a, a, a legit meter 30 you know like um, you think your four star or your advance is a meter 25 so if you're going to be jumping that you want to be jumping a meter 30 really at home especially but if you can go to a show like that and jump it that 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 that's a, a good gauge of where, where you are absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely so you're uh, you're you're obviously you're so you're at Pine Top this weekend and then where where is everybody else going to see you 
Um, pint up uh, I leave in the morning go build pint up tomorrow afternoon um, I am there until sa- Sunday and then Monday Tuesday I'm stable view um, and then the following weekend is Carolina which obviously Mark that's Mark's show so he's building there um, and don't forget Richard Jeffrey is doing the course design clinic there so if anybody's going up yeah. to Carolina I suggest if you have any interest in gaining any show jumping um, knowledge that would be a great clinic to go to and then actually I'm doing my first show um, in California I'm going to go away the, the end of the month and then uh, the fork um, Ocala the following week after that and then Fairhill back up to the northeast and hopefully it'll warm up a little bit and uh, I'll be at Fairhill in, um, in April so if you had to give these riders that might be listening uh, like three or two things to work on two things that they might see in your courses what would they be? Um, I, w- I mean, I think everybody knows I love the use of the triple bar somewhere, normally in a related distance um, to, to a straight up vertical, definitely something like that. Um, and then it's funny, we did a, a little semi clinic forum um, that Sinead Halpin put together for, for the professionals down here. And we had, you know, 15 or so people come out and we talked about the show jumping at the upper levels. And we, you know, we talked about types of fences, you know, where, where do we use, you know, triple bars and types of combinations, oxes, verticals, you know. And, and my sort of advice was, you know, when you walk the course, sort of figure out why. Mark or myself or Richard or whoever does the course is using that type of fence in that situation. You know, why is it triple bar vertical? Why is the combination, you know, vertical to vertical? Because you guys do have a method to your madness for each level too. It's depending on which show you're at and which what level you're doing. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, like the whole course is a is a test, so we try and make it all relate. Um, we just fin- I just finished up at Red Hills, which is a a big giant ring, and um, you know, I had a triple combination across the middle. A, a, you know, a sort of bending left eight or nine strides to the Liverpool and then a short five and the whole thing is related I'm not necessarily trying to get you to have fences down it's more of the skill of can you jump the triple be organized to the Liverpool and then still shorten for the five strides so um, like we said before the course is again that little bit more technical and much more jumpery so every time you know I build a course down here or at a show that's that's what you're going to see and and um like I say these schooling shows have been good for that for people to practice and um but it's it, I think people see me plenty now to know what's going to go in the go in the ring um I do try and keep it as fresh as I can um again looking forward to pine top this weekend because that's a funky piece of land which is which is fun to design in but it's hard to ride in I know um and then go to you know places like um go away somewhere different and then the fork the big ring at Tryon which I always love to build in that arena so um, we'll try and come up with something fresh and new and keep everybody keep everybody learning and practicing and getting better excellent well Chris thank you so much we are going to head back to the show we're just in the middle of this last class here and uh, we will catch up with you soon sounds great thanks for having me Max Max I've got a kind of love hate with Chris what, yeah how could you how could there be any hate towards that man because you don't like uh-huh. his well I hate trying to make the time on the courses, oh, yeah. you know but I love him. I do. Do you know what? No, no. Um, I think it's really his courses are technical, and the time is always quite quick. And I think it's making a big improvement, a big impact on the show jumping here in the United States. And you just look at it from how many clear rounds there were at the eventing pre, and you know. It, it's it's getting tougher, more technical, and I think that's great for us. But and I think that's also the way the sport's going to go too. I mean, they can't make the cross country more technical, but they can make the show jumping 
taller, a little bit taller and a little bit more technical and the, and people to ride just a, you know, a couple of lines better. And that's, you know, the course designers can give people options, whether to, you know, go direct in five or swing out for six. And each stride is a little bit more on the time and, um, you know, just to have people be more efficient in their ups the game a bit. Yeah. And now with the new scoring, it's hugely influential. Yes. Yeah. You know, the time, the, I mean, it's 0.4, but still it's, you know, sometimes your score is within 0.4. That could cost yeah. you two places and quite no, a bit I, I, I'm talking about the show jumping as a whole now, Max. Yeah. You know, now, oh, yeah, exactly. now with, the, the, with the new dressage scoring, uh, the days the days of winning a, a, four, a three star or f- four star or five star with two or three rails down are completely over. Gone, exactly. Right? They are they are gone, and you just have to look at the at the wig. You know, there was a few people there that could have been in the medals, but one rail really cost them. Yes, uh, and and a, cr- a clear round made a, a huge huge difference. Oh, so okay. that is that's why it's it's it has become much much more influential, and right. I think. I think it's a great thing. I think yeah. it's much it's much better for the sport to concentrate on jumping and jumping accuracy than doing circles after circles after circles and grilling horses into the ground, which unfortunately, you know, it's not a nice thing to say, but it, it, it was sort of what happened when people yeah. Yeah. concentrated so much on the flat because it means such a big thing. So right. now now, now it's evened it all out and the jumping's much more important. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. You got it. You got it. Now, speaking of jumping, I'm off to hits this weekend, Max. This week, ah. next week, I'm going. And hits. at the end yep. of next it hits the end of next week is the million. Yes. Uh, which for us, the people that are not going to the Carolinas, will be able to go and watch. And I'm going to go and cheer on your other half, Scott, yes. in the million, which is great. And it is a fairly uh, inexpensive operation. I don't they think they charge you 10 bucks to get in or I think it's or something like that. Yeah. Jump yeah. the fence, um, take a, um, a cooler, take a cooler, a cooler and a, uh, a garden chair and, um, and it's a whole lot of fun. And you can see some of the best show jumping, um, because you'll get the likes of McLean and those guys coming up too. Some of those Wellington that the top guys from Wellington will come up and and have a crack at it as well because it's yep. it is a, a big money class. I mean, obviously, if you win, you get three hundred thirty five thousand dollars or something to that effect. It's it's quite That's impressive. Nuts. So, yeah, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be good. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be fantastic. Yeah. Well, Max, we've had a great show, and I think it's about time you ended up doing these closing bits for us. Yeah. Exactly. So everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Eventing Riders Association of North America podcast. You can learn more about Eventing Riders Association of North America at eraofna.com or at 5 p.m. on Thursday at Carolina International at the SAGMAY Competitors Tent. Please go, please go. Yes, yes, seriously. So, And then you can find the links to today's guests and topics at eventingradio.com. Follow Eventing Radio on Facebook. Just search for The Eventing Radio Show and on Twitter at Eventing Radio. Listen to Eventing Radio anytime, anywhere with the free Horse Radio Network app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. You can also subscribe via iTunes. This is Max, and you can find me on Facebook, Max Corcoran Horse Care. You can find me on, you can't find me on Twitter because I don't do that. You can find me on Instagram at MMC338, and you can read all my old blogs at Max Corcoran WordPress. Just being honest, sorry. And this is, <laughs> and this is, this is Joe, and you can find me on Facebook, Joe Meyer. You can go to my website, 
joemeyereventing.com. You can follow me on Twitter, joemeyerevntr, and you can follow me on Instagram, joemeyereventing. So, Max, I think we will um, get on our merry way. Well, yes, yeah, so I was going to say, you can find me out on my next horse in beautiful sunny Florida. Um, <laughs> exactly. And you and can find me at the Florida Horse Park this weekend at the show jumping rink. <laughs> show jumping rink. Well, I'll, I'll see you there tomorrow, Max. Exactly. Okay. Well, thank you, listeners, and we'll talk to you again in four weeks' time. Bye, everyone.